This is the Comp Effect Podcast. When you focus on workers' compensation, you'll have a safer work environment, more productive staff, lower expenses, and you'll crush your competition. We're sharing real-world stories, actionable tips, business-friendly advice, and information to help your business. I'm your host, Todd Tams. Enjoy the show. All right, everybody. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Comp Effect Podcast. My name is Todd Tams, and I'm happy that you stopped by. Uh, today's episode, we're going in a little different direction. Um, as we come out of COVID and businesses are hiring people and looking for top talent and maybe reassessing their culture a little bit, I thought it would be great to bring somebody on that can talk about that. I know from my experience in an insurance the insurance world, uh, if I look at a loss history report and I see lots of claims, I know one thing is 100% certain. There is a culture problem at that organization. Um, and that flows through into loss of productivity, high employee turnover, uh, safety issues, loss-related issues, just the whole negative spin goes on and on and on. And so today, we have John Spanzek here today. And John's doing some really cool things. And so let me read you kind of what he has been doing. So John is currently the director of employee engagement services for Leverage, which is powered by ClickStop. And John's work at Leverage has helped put ClickStop on the map as a top workplace. A couple of their most recent accolades are the Corridor Business Journal's coolest places to work, fastest growing companies, the Inc. Magazine's best workplaces, and Iowa top workplaces. John's background in social work offers him a very unique perspective into the motivators that drive engagements today, and he is stopping by to share some of his knowledge. And John, with that introduction, thank you so much for swinging by. Thanks for having me, Todd. I really appreciate it. It's exciting to be here. (laughs) I'm thrilled. So I think this is a great time to, I mean, the, the, the last Friday, they talked about the jobs report and companies are hiring in record numbers. And I know I certainly hear a lot of businesses out there saying we can't find the right people. We can't, there's not enough good job, job applicants out there. And I wonder sometime, maybe they're looking in the wrong place, or maybe they don't have the right value proposition to attract the right people. And so I'd really just like to dig in today and pick your brain on what you have done to put ClickStop as a top workplace in Iowa and one of the fastest growing companies. And I'm assuming with the fastest growing company, you bring, you have your own challenges of how do you find talent? Yeah, absolutely. And how do we, how do we scale that, right? As we continue to grow, how do we continue to bring the right talent in to come alongside us and challenge us to reach that next level and the next and so on for sure. Yeah. And it's, it's never ending when you're the fastest growing, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we always, we, we tend to joke around about it, but it, it's, it's, there's a lot of truth to it. You know, becoming a top workplace is, is really challenging, but staying a top workplace is even harder <laughs> because there's always somebody biting at your heels. There's always new challenges that we encounter. And as we continue to grow, we have to figure out ways to, to overcome that and continue to scale that top workplace just as much as we're scaling the business itself. So let's, for, for those of us that don't know, or that maybe we're on the coast, can you tell us a little bit about like, what is quick stop? I mean, 
what is a quick stop and what is it that you do there? Yeah. So, um, that's a huge question. Uh, so you have the floor. (laughs) I I love it. I appreciate it. So the reason it's so huge is we just have so much happening under that click stop umbrella. Um, and, and honestly, you know, we get asked all the time, what is click stop? And we are ever changing and evolving and trying new things. We have everything from hot pepper seed company to clean laundry services to, uh, culture services, like what I get to sell and be a part of. Um, we sell fasteners and um, for for construction companies. We uh, are in the moving transportation and rigging business. I mean, we, we're really all over the map when it comes to what it is we do. And the simplest way to describe, you know, who we are as ClickStop is is really this. Um, you know, what we do changes day to day, but how we work is the thing that matters most to us. And that's what's really driven the success that we've had at ClickStop. The growth that we've had is is nailing down really who we are and what we stand for. And then, you know, identifying values around that and then building a culture to help drive and sustain those results. So how, how long have you been at ClickStop now? I have been there just over three years now. So I, I started um, in 2018, February 2018. And the, the workforce in the last three years has done what? Grown. <laughs> For, grown? Yeah. Are you speaking specifically at ClickStop? Definitely. We've, we've grown a ton. Um, if you're speaking more general, um, I mean, definitely this last year, I would say there's a huge acceleration of, of this transformation to what work can be. Um, I heard the phrase, what, you know, how work should work. And I would say in, uh, you know, the last year it, that issues kind of been forced right with the pandemic and people working from home and needing to figure out how do we create blended workforces, uh, something that we've had to figure out for ourselves as well. Um, right now I'm working at home, but we have a whole slew of teams on site who are in, in our manufacturing warehouse and operations teams. So. So how I, I, the, so the pandemic has changed the way we all do business. There's no doubt about it. And it's, I'm getting so angry. I mean, there's a separation of the, the wheat versus the chaff here on who's going to make it and who's not. And even some of the large companies that you would think should have it figured out a year into the pandemic, basic email, basic phone. I mean, they're still struggling with some of the basic things right now. And it just blows my mind. Cause I don't think that's a long-term successful strategy just to blame COVID for your inability to do anything. No, absolutely not. And I think more than ever, I've heard people just say, oh, we're just, we're just trying to survive. Right. And at some point we got to ask ourselves, okay, well, what does it look like to thrive in this environment? And, you know, I, I think it was only a month or so ago, I was talking to a few, I had to pause them and say, we've been at this for over a year. If you're waiting for things to go back to normal, you have missed out on a ton of opportunity to really pioneer your own path and what your new normal can be. And uh, yeah, I think like you said, I, I too get kind of flustered by it because I'm like, ah, what are we waiting for? Let's, let's really define our new path here and, and set the sales on, on, you know, our next destination rather than waiting for something to return to something that, I don't even know if that was the best it was, right? I think there's more opportunity out there for us. Well, and I think to, to your point, 
it's okay to try something and fail. You just find a way right. that it doesn't work, right? Just try something, do something. It, it's okay to fall on your face. I've done it a lot of times learning how to walk and I still figured out how to walk. Try yeah. something. Absolutely. So can you give us a background on how many, how from number of employees from ClickStop in 2018 to 2021 that has grown? Can you share that data at all? Oh man, you're testing me. Um, <laughs> I want to say I was around somewhere around 100, um, when I got hired and, and I was in the midst of this big hiring boom at ClickStop. And then, uh, and one of the reasons we brought me on was to help scale mm -hmm. our culture and our engagement strategies. And then I, we got all the way up to about 185 and now we're probably around that 180, 175 mark. Um, we've kind of fluctuated and some of our business units changed around a little bit. So, so almost doubled in size in three years and survived a pandemic. Yes. And yeah. Honestly, one of the reasons I think we were positioned so great to, to get through the pandemic or, or whether it had, how we have, I wouldn't even say whether to honestly, we were, in terms of business structure, you know, we really are thriving um, and continuing to grow even in the face of a pandemic. And I think one of the reasons that we, we were able to do that was our culture and our engaged workforce. We define engagement as commitment and aligned action with your mission, values, strategies, and goals. So commitment and aligned action. So we had a whole group of people and an entire workforce of people who were committed no matter what, right? Like, Commitment and aligned action doesn't mean only when things are good. Um, if you think of it like a relationship, you know, I'd much rather my wife say that she's 100% committed to our relationship no matter what, rather than her say, well, yeah, I'm happy for today, right? Like, I can't, if my goal is to only make her happy, I'm, I'm going to fall short on that. But to work on a committed relationship, now that's something worth, worth investing in. And the fact that we put the work in and then created that, invested in it, and, um, you know, really put the systems in place to be able to sustain that over time has helped us be able to power through this, this pandemic in ways that I think other companies really struggled to. And, um, you know, I, I talked about this, uh, you know, the pandemic kind of has forced some issues for people. One of them I think is really, you know, this idea of around empathy and, um, you know, putting employees first and investing in employees because they realize, well, work doesn't end or life doesn't end when they show up at work. A lot of people that blending really happened fast for them. And, uh, now companies want to talk about culture and engagement and they're looking and saying, well, how do we do that? And that's where we get to come in and, and help support them and say, well, we've got lots of experience doing it for ourselves and let us help, help do that for you too. We had a previous guy on named Grant Botma and he talked about culture and he talked to, he runs a very successful company in Arizona and it's about rallying your team around one unified purpose. And everybody needs to understand what that purpose is and what their, what their part in that role is. And then you as your organization carry, carry forward that unified vision, that unified purpose. I think one of the great things that you guys are doing, I mean, so when we talk about how the pandemic has shifted the way that you do business and how you've rolled out culture and woven that into the fabric of ClickStop, you've woven that into the fabric of nine different companies. Yes. I mean, yeah. Gardeners, construction, manufacturing. And I, I don't want to say that I hear people say, oh, that's not for my company. You just did it for nine companies, nine very, very different companies. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's one of the, um, the selling points for a lot of folks, you know, and we're, we're going to partner with them and the same team that's helping our internal brands be successful that I get to be a part of is the same leverage team going out and helping other companies do this, you know, figure out a growth strategy for themselves. Um, we often talk about, you know, transforming business by transforming your people. And, you know, that's, that's what we've done internally. And people say, well, you know, is that going to work for me? And I go, well, I, I, I'm going to tailor, you know, every company's different. I'm going to tailor the strategies to your unique team, the needs, your unique goals. But at the same time, I have a lot of experience in all different industries because gosh, that's what's under the click stop umbrella. We're all over the place. And, you know, we, we have a very blended uh, workforce to start with. So taking those strategies that we know work and then tailoring them to, to fit the goals of other companies is fairly easy um, because we've experienced it. We've seen it on both ends. So b before we get into strategies here, I don't know that all my listeners will maybe, maybe understand. So I kind of just want to backtrack here. So ClickStop is a parent company that owns nine different brands. One of those brands is leverage engagement, which you manage. Correct. Yep. All right. And so leverage engagement was responsible for building the culture and driving the, not only the employee growth, but helping drive the business growth internally. Yes. And then they've taken that leverage and said, Hey, other businesses have wanted to know what you've done and what leverage has done. And so now that's also outward facing and businesses nationwide can hire your company to come in and help them with culture and employee engagement and development. Yeah, you got it. Um, I mean, for the longest time, I mean, we've, we've had a, a track record of particularly in our local area in Iowa, just being known as a fast growing company as a cool place to work, a top workplace. And, um, you know, if you've ever visited our, our, uh, our headquarters in Urbana, Iowa, I mean, we are literally in the middle of a cornfield and, you know, people would come to us and say, why would anybody want to come work here? Like you're in the middle of nowhere. I don't understand it. What's, what's the draw. And we would, we would tell them, we would talk about our culture. We'd tell them about what we're teaching our, our leaders and how we're leading others to be engaged. We talk about how people come to ClickStop, not just to become great employees, but to just become better human beings. You know, we're, we're not just growing for the sake of profitability, but we're growing to build stronger families, better communities, you know, better businesses around us. And, you know, people get really jazzed about that and really excited. And we would tell them exactly what we're doing. We believe in an open culture. We'd tell them word for word what we're doing, but they'd have a really hard time turning around and doing it for themselves. And soon we didn't, we, we kind of learned that it, they didn't want somebody to just tell them what to do. They needed a partner to help them do it. And, you know, that makes a lot of sense. That's, it wasn't like we just told our, our brands internally, you know, here's what engagement is go forth and do right. We, we partnered with them. We came alongside and aligned ourselves with, with them. And then we helped create that growth alongside them. So we took that same methodology and brought it externally to partner with companies of all different industries from, you know, specialized manufacturing to agriculture, to um, healthcare. We've, you know, we're, doing the same approach, but tailoring it to their unique focus. And, um, it's, it's accelerated growth for a lot of people. So I think the coolest part of that, 
uh, is that I hear all the time, oh, the workforce isn't here, or we live in too small of a town, or it can't be done, or, dude, you're in a town of, how big is Urbana? Oh, man, like a thousand people, maybe two, (laughs) maybe two. (laughs) And your closest, largest metropolitan area is what, an hour away? Uh, Cedar Rapids. So yeah, about 35, 40 minutes. All right. So you employ 180 some people in a small town of a thousand to 2000. You're the proof. Don't tell me it can't be done. Don't tell me you can't find the right people as a business. You can either make excuses or you can choose to change. And I think your business is living proof that, Hey, if you're purposeful and have the right culture and message that resonates with the workforce, people will come to you. Yep. Absolutely. And I think a big part of that is our recruitment strategy. I, I, I'm going to say something that's really crazy, but it's, it's totally true. Um, we have like, it's not zero, but it's really, really close to zero budget dollars dedicated to our recruitment strategy. And part of that is we we're really good at telling our story about what it's like to be a, an employee at ClickStop and what opportunities we, we can provide there. And people come to us all the time and say, I don't really know, you know, what it is I can do at ClickStop. I don't even know if you guys have a, a opportunity available right now, but I know I want to be a part of the story. I know I want to come here because it it's going, people again, come here because they want to be better human beings, not just great employees. And along the way, we have a ton of fun and we, you know, create a, an enjoyable and sustainable business. And, um, you know, the people we bring in the door are helping create those opportunities to make that consistent and, and happen time and time again. I love it. So let's, let's dig in here. When a company comes to leverage and says, Hey, we want to work on changing our company culture. Um, you're in that initial meeting and you're doing your fact finding. I mean, where are you going to start? What are you going to look for? How does that process work? Yeah. So honestly, it's, um, I I just got asked this the other day, like, what, what does this look like when we get started? And I, I said, you know, it's, it's kind of an easy conversation, but it's, it starts with me just asking what, what would it look like if you guys were described as the best team in the whole world? Like if you were the greatest of all time, what would that look like? What would your employees be doing? What would you be seeing? What behaviors would, you know, would people be bringing out? What values would your employees, you know, hold on to and align to? And the clearer that picture gets, the easier it becomes to really develop a strategy around that. And it, it does just start with that understanding of like, who do you, I want to know who you are. I want to know where you're at right now, but more importantly, you know, who you are today is not going to be who you are in a year from now. Like who does that, who do you want to become? And if we can get that answer from you and, and help paint that picture, then my job is to help make that happen. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. Leverage exists to help you achieve those goals. And, um, you know, whether your goals are to grow your, your workforce, um, you know, to grow by location, by revenue, by just quality and, and efficiency, like whatever your goals are, my job is to figure out the strategies to help make that happen. But it starts with drawing that out of you and saying, what is it that we're working towards here? Um, and not just the business goals. I want to know the people goals too, right? 
you find that most businesses know exactly what that looks like in that first meeting? I, uh, that's a great question. Not really. (laughs) I think, I think deep down people have thought about it, but to put words around it, to put goals attached to it is something that a lot of folks, uh, don't, don't take the time to do. And, you know, people are really good at making business goals, but when it comes to things like engagement or, you know, the people strategy, that, that feels fluffier to them. It feels harder to wrap their, their minds and their hands around. So, you know, part of my job is to help make that tangible and connect it to the business goals that want, they want to achieve. Because we know that, I mean, I know you're very well aware of this, right? You know, engaged, engaged employees, you know, they are going to be the ones that work harder. They are going to be the ones that work safer, that are going to have less quality errors that are going to, you know, at the end of the day, just be better employees. <laughs> and, um, that's going to produce better results and, and, uh, ultimately, you know, more profitability for the organization. So when I help people see that line being connected <laughs> between the work of investing in your people is really an investment in your business goals. Um, then it starts to click for them, but it takes a little bit of a conversation. I think for most folks to be able to connect those dots. Well, yeah, I would, I would think that, I mean, the baby step is, Hey, either my business is running me or this isn't going the way that I want it to go. And that business owner probably has got some blind spots. Just naturally they're good at what they do. They're not good at what they don't know. Right. And that's where it's, you know, if I want to see a specialist. I go to a specialist and they're going to tell me what's wrong with me. Not the general practice doctor. Um, that's where people like you guys come in and you say, Hey, this is what I do for a living. That's great that you took the first step. Let me walk you through the process. Yes, exactly. Then they, then they get the, hopefully the result or they start working toward the result that they want. So, uh, let me see here. One of the things that I saw that you guys do is a culture calibration program. Yeah. So that is, you know, you, you use the analogy of the the doctor, um, <laughs> <laughs> that that is kind of like the, a checkup, right? Um, you know, this this culture calibration. It's a great place to start for people that that have trouble answering those questions around who they want to become or have trouble just knowing where they're at. Um, it it's uh, this was one of the first services that I got to develop for Leverage, and it came out of this idea that a lot of people just struggle to pinpoint what am I really good at and how do I scale that? And what are the gaps or the areas of focus that I know I need to improve at? And, and I created this process of, of really how do we figure that out and get to the root of it and then build not just a report findings, you know, and, and share exactly what it is that we're hearing from your employees, which often creates some great discovery conversations with leaders of, Hey, did you know that these fires were going on, you know, and things like that? Um, but we then pair that with a strategy of how to address it. So we look in and say, you know, not just what's wrong with a company. I think every company you can point to and say, oh, I wish this could be better. But we really take an asset-based approach and we say, you know, what's going really well here and how do we scale that? How do we accelerate it to create an even bigger impact? And that is something that companies tend to struggle with, particularly if they're fast growing, because you know, you've know you probably seen this multiple times, but anytime a company is growing fast, you're often running very lean. So taking time to think about this stuff is not usually high on the priority list. <laughs> and having a third party come in and provide that objective overview of, okay, here's, here's really what we're seeing and here's what we do about it. 
here's how we can come alongside you and help you address these things or scale these things can be really enlightening for companies and kind of provides the path of how do we move forward? I, I, I agree hundred percent with what you just said. The, for those fast growing companies, they don't have time. I mean, they're just trying right. to figure out tomorrow. And that's probably the key point in their, their business model where they they need to be thinking a lot farther than tomorrow. They need to be thinking three or five years down the road. Cause if they've got the wrong butts in the wrong seats, they've got a problem. Exactly. Yeah. I'll tell you one of the things that we did. Um, so I own a, uh, a small family insurance agency located here in Denison, Iowa. And we wanted to find out as, as we're growing and expanding, kind of changing our model a little bit, we did personality profiles on everybody. Um, sure. Yeah. We, which if you've never done this, it's amazing. The insight that you, you learn. And we took the approach, I think kind of like what you're talking about. This is not any negative way. How can we communicate better in an insurance agency? We've got producers that are high A's that are driven. We've got CSRs that maybe feel overworked and there's always a disconnect in, in, uh, paperwork and productivity and the thoroughness. I mean, producers necessarily aren't as thorough as what some of the CSRs are. Right. So we struggled with some of that. And, uh, we sat down, everybody took this huge, huge, uh, uh, five part, uh, personality profile. And then we brought in a third party to come in and address the, the intricacies of what they found on that and just how we learned to communicate better with each other. As a result of that, we found that we had some wrong people in the wrong seats and the position that they were doing was at odds with who they were as a person. They thought they could do it. They wanted to do it, but mm -hmm. like inside it was tearing them up. Um, just, I mean, when you talk about a culture calibration, I mean, even I think an employee calibration, finding the right people for the right job in your company, empowering them, your business will go farther, faster than it ever could the wrong yeah, way. Absolutely. I, you know, it's funny you brought up the, um, you know, personality tests and I think the same applies to our culture calibration, you know, the, the best personality test, there's tons out there. Yeah. I mean, everything from, you know, the silly Buzzfeed quizzes to, you know, the more professional ones, like, you know, the Gallup strengths finder, um, uh, you know, the MPO, there's all sorts of ones out there. Right. But at the end of the day, the best personality test is the one that gets used. And I think, you know, we, we, uh, can apply that same approach to our culture calibration. You know, you might have a handle on, you know, what some of those things are, the good and the bad and what different areas of focus, you know, you can probably pinpoint and say, Oh, you know, recognition needs to improve or communication and whatnot. But unless you're going to do something about it, it's kind of pointless, right? <laughs> those tests are just something fun to do. Um, and the same thing would be true about our cali culture calibration program. Um, you know, if it was just the report, that's all it would be, um, you know, words on paper, but we provide the action and the support behind it to drive things forward. And I'm glad that you were doing the same thing, you know, as you were growing your business, as you were saying, all right, well, Hey, that's great to know, but now what do we do with this information? How do we apply it in our everyday so that you guys can continue to learn from each other, grow as individuals, but mm -hmm. simultaneously grow as a team, right? Well, and I think if you're a leader or in management and you think, you know, your culture, do a calibration test and go into it with zero expectations and the things you will learn and the things you will find out and the things that you don't know will absolutely amaze you. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm One, sure that's been your experience time after time after time. 
Yep. hundred percent. One of the, uh, you know, people who talk about this and, you know, maybe we don't end up partnering. One of my, my parting advice, uh, pieces for them is I, you know, if you want to do this on your own, start by just walking around and like, listen to the conversations that are happening. What, you know, how would people talk to customers? How do people talk to each other? What are the, um, what are, what's the nonverbal communication happening around their body language, how they're sitting in their chairs, what do they have on their desks, you know, and what stories being told here is a great way to, to just start that process on your own. Um, but it does require the action to follow up with it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So moving along here, another thing that I wanted to talk to you about, um, was communication and, uh, from what we find in communication, even in the insurance industry or workers' compensation, the, the number of employees we have, you know, from a workers' compensation claim, you may have some employees that don't have an email, some that do, some that work manufacturing, some that sit at a computer. Um, their experience with, you know, whether it's a white-collar job or blue-collar job and the way that they get communicated to is vastly different inside an office and outside an office. And I think here, you've got a company with 180 people. You're trying to rally everybody around, not trying, you've done successfully. Let me rephrase that. I apologize. You've rallied everybody around this, this culture and you're dealing with different people in and out of the office and manufacturing, construction, gardening, um, white, white, uh, you know, white collar desk jobs. How do you communicate amongst all those channels and bring everybody back to the center for their unified purpose? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a really great question. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it really does take a very layered approach to communication. Um, we are constantly assessing what are the channels of communication that exist right now? And what are the ones that we're going to need tomorrow? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, as a growing company and as things change, you know, even if, let's just take manufacturing for an example. We have manufacturing on site that is focused on our U S car control brand. And, you know, there might be times where having a stand up or, you know, in the beginning of their, their day is the best way to get communication out. But next week they have something come down the pipeline that is going to be, you know, taking more time. And now we have an overlap of, of shifts just to get the work done. Well, no longer is that stand up the best way to communicate to them, right? Now yep. we need to get something in a different way. So, you know, we have everything from uh, electronic communication. Um, you know, we have we have an intranet that we have a lot of information on. Uh, every Tuesday, we do kind of like a, oh goodness, like kind of a almost it feels like kind of like a high school uh, production of you know the the news anchor anchor kind of thing. And we have a one of our um, warehouse folks, he, he's, uh, his name is Chris and he plays the anchor man and he kind of just gives the highlights of everything that's going on on the intranet because those folks aren't sitting down in front of a computer every day and oh. checking, checking out what's there. So he goes through and he kind of picks out different things and he does it with a lot of humor. And he, we record that for our first and second shift. Um, we have something called the toilet tribune where, you know, we, we have a, a printed version of like a newsletter that's in all of the stalls and in front of all the urinals and, and, uh, uh, sinks and all the bathrooms. So, you know, people are getting it in so many different ways. Um, they're, you know, they're seeing it, seeing it on paper, they're getting it electronically, they're hearing it, um, you know, through video recordings, they're seeing 
managers talk about it, you know, in, in team meetings and, and whatnot. And by taking this uh, really layered approach to communication, we're, we're able to really hit how everybody likes to learn, how everybody, you know, the channels that get to the right people in the right ways. Um, my, my buddy on my team, his name is Jeremy. Um, if you ever see him, he's got this huge, big red beard. And, you know, we always laugh, uh, that, you know, he's, he's like the keeper of information and he always corrects everybody and says, you know, my job is not the keeper of information. My job is just to make sure I'm getting the right information to the right people in the right ways. So I'm just more the distributor like Santa, right? Like he's, (laughs) he's the one who's just giving it all out to people. And, um, but that's, you know, my biggest advice is to not just assume that one way of communicating is going to be the answer for your, your teams. Cause you know, even if you were all in the same industry, which we cover a lot of different <laughs> bases, yeah. you know, in that, that space, but even if you were, you have different pe- ways that people like to learn the different ways that people process information. And if you're not taking time to figure out what that is and how they work best, and then I don't want to say just accommodate to it, but, you know, really meet them where they're at, um, then you're kind of doing a disservice to, to them and the organization. You just hit the nail on the head when you said meet them where they're at. And that, that is exactly how we've tried to operate our insurance office. We have people mm-hmm. that want to do things in person, people not in person, things that want to do things over email, things that people that want to call in, people that want to walk in. You got to meet people where they, where they want to be met and where they feel most comfortable at. Absolutely. That that I think is your true key to success right there. hundred percent. A perfect example of this in action, um, you know, communication is one story, but, um, you know, we, we do a lot of developing of our employees, both as, you know, the technical skills, but also just how do we become better leaders, better people and so on. Right. And we used to run lots of workshops on site and it was great. It was, I had a lot of fun doing it. Um, we captured a good amount of folks. We invited external people to provide, you know, their, their insights and learn alongside click stoppers. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I just felt like there was always something a little askew about that, that process. And part of it was, it was really the only approach we were taking was this, this workshop, right? And it was like, well, that's what we're, we're serving it up to you. And for some people that was amazing. And for others, they didn't really like the group discussions that I ran. They didn't like the large group setting. They wanted more of that intimate, you know, component. And the result of that was let's just blow it up. Let's totally change it. And within this last year, we have reshaped what it, learning looks like in the workplace at ClickStop by creating this multifaceted, multi-track approach where we kind of started to, to figure out, well, how do people like to learn? Are they, are they influencers? Are they people who, you know, people are looking up to and, you know, are constantly saying, well, what do you think? Right. Um, are they includers? Are they drivers? The people who like to just take it and run with it on their own, or, you know, are they the movers and shakers? The ones who say like, yeah, just give it to me and I'm going to own this and I'm going to do my best, you know, right, right here. So we started to kind of break out very similar topics, very similar information, but every approach is totally different. Um, every conversation that comes out of that, every, every activity they do 
creates a different result. And part of that is we just started meeting people where they were at, what they were dealing with, what they know, what they don't know. And no one group is better or worse than the other. No one is valued more or less. It's really to just meet people and help them grow in the most meaningful ways for them. So how has, how has COVID changed how you meet people? Well, we definitely had to learn to do things more virtually. <laughs> um, yeah, in, in terms of learning and development or communication, I think the biggest piece is we've had to create multiple um, multiple modes of of everything that we've we built. So, you know, before it was easy to build this nice toolkit and print it out on fancy paper, and people could take it and write and whatnot. And it, it forced us to start thinking, okay, well, what would this look like if there wasn't a, a toolkit or an electronic toolkit? Or, you know, what would this be if there was no toolkit at all and people just had to like apply it in the work they're already doing? And in a lot of ways, as challenging as that was, what it did was it opened a ton of opportunities for us to just kind of rethink like, is this even necessary for me to be spending the time on building out this, you know, this tool when in reality... I can run a facilitated conversation via, you know, a discussion guide and achieve a, a, a you know, the same goal, um, but approach it in a totally different way. And it's helped us, you know, even externally working with other companies, um, you know, it's, it's helped us even give them more options because I'm not there every day and I'm not coming to their site every day. Uh, so how do we help kind of create the sustainability and whatever it is I'm putting in front of them? And, um, it's really, it's reshaped how we do things, but in a really great way. Wow. Wow. So for the, for the businesses that you're working with right now, how do you feel that they're doing? How do you feel their employees are doing? I, I think uh, a lot of people are at a spot right now where, they've, they've kind of accepted, you know, what's happened with COVID and, and things like that. Um, the companies that I work with, I've seen just tremendous growth in this last year. Um, there's a partner of ours down in Southern Iowa that we, they're heavy manufacturing, specialized manufacturing. They do a, a lot of, uh, work in the agricultural business. And we, um, you know, we did a summary of, of impact just for them. You know, what, where have we grown in this last year? Most of the work being done in 2020. And it was amazing to capture the, the stories that were coming out of that, of people taking their work and rethinking what could be, um, and, you know, going from a, a production, you know, run of three weeks to accomplish a project down to about five days, um, you know, becoming more efficient or hearing the stories of people say, well, you know, in the last year, like I've been inspired to um, quit drinking and become, you know, more involved in my church. Um, people talk about, you know, well, my family started to grow. And honestly, the, you know, the work I was doing in at, at the business at, at work has bled into how the conversations I have with my wife and my kids now and things like that. And, um, Honestly, you know, the answer to that question, you know, how are people doing? I, I think at the end of the day, people are, are going to struggle with all that's being thrown at them. But the folks that we're working with are being equipped to handle it in ways that I think other people you know, are really pining for or hoping for. And they're just being resilient. They're able to, they're equipped with tools and resources, uh, mindsets, 
and this commitment to not just the business being successful, but being successful for themselves and their family, their community. And the results of that have just been tremendous. And, um, you know, the companies are growing, they're fast growing. Um, but the people themselves are just transforming in ways that I'm not sure they would have thought was going to be possible. So this is what you just said is a perfect segue into my next question for you. Cause I certainly think the last 12 months you've seen, or I've seen even some companies they're, they're having their best year ever. They're growing, right. they're hiring. Um, they've kept everybody employed. Things are going good. And you see this awesome energy. And I think to your point, they're doing the right things. They've engaged their employees. They've all rallied around their culture and their common mission. And those, those employers with employees that went into COVID with that strong value proposition, that strong culture are coming out like, you know, iron. I mean, mm -hmm. they're just amazing, right? But if you went into COVID on shaky ground and did not have probably the best culture out there and your sales have struggled over the last 12 months, you probably lost some employees. There's been this, you know, negative side effect for employees and you've got employees out there with anxiety and I don't want to say mental issues, but it, maybe it's mentally draining to work for an employer or a company that doesn't value you as an employee the way that you want to be treated. Right. And especially if you see somebody down the street that, Hey, that company's doing great. Why aren't we doing great? And so I wanted to ask you based upon your experience, if, if I'm an employee and I'm listening to this and I think, you know, I, I love what I do, but my business isn't in the best place right now. And I don't think my business or the company I work for is in the best place because of a manager or a boss. What can I do, whether I'm working remotely or in the office to try and change that organization or cultivate change or drive about that, that unique culture to not only improve the, you know, the experience that the employee has, but change the company. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I, um, I think there's a, a lot to unpack there to, to start with. I, I think first off, if you're an employee who's listening to this and, and you're thinking in that way, right? Like how, what could I do to change this? Um, I just want to say you're already part of that group that's rising to the top, right? And kudos to you and don't let that flame burn out. Yep. Um, I think, you know, what COVID created, uh, you know, in, in terms of like what engagement looks like at the, at the business level um, was really the separation of top talent and kind of those people who were in the middle that now are really the bottom performers, right? And it, it created, um, you know, if you could picture this range of employees from, you know, if you just put your hands in front of you, right. And you, you have, uh, you know, this the high group of employees, your top 20%, and then you have, you know, the, the group that's kind of at the bottom. And I think what COVID did this last year, if you just start to separate your hands out, move one hand higher than the other hand lower, you started to see this, this stretching or the separation of employees and those that were, you know, to the middle top really rose higher. And the people who were at the bottom, the ones who are disengaged and struggling, who were probably part of some of that problem or unwanted un, uh, or, or um, you know, unnecessary drama, those folks are the ones that are kind of stuck in that complaining, frustrated, waiting for things to change, right? And the people, you know, that you just described, the ones who are asking, well, what could I do about this? 
they're the ones who aren't waiting. They're the ones who are saying, let's do this. Like, let's, let's change and create our own path here and create a new normal so that we can move forward and out of this. Um, for those employees, well, you know, speaking to you guys, you know, that, that top talent, right. Who rose, rose to that space. The, the first thing that you can do is to just start having the conversation it takes at least two people to have a great conversation. It only takes one to start it. And you can be the one to, to, you know, start, start that all rolling, you know, ask your manager, Hey, how should this look? Um, you know, I'm, I want to be the one who's thriving, who's growing fast. I want to help make a bigger impact. What does that look like in your mind? I, here's my, my side of it. Right. And see consensus around and alignment around, you know, what that, that history or what that future can look like. And if you can, you can do that and create, create that shared vision, then it's, you know, let's do this. Right. It's, it's uh here, here we go mode. Right. And I think, you know, for a lot of employees, you know, the, the, what I would say to people who are deciding, am I that person to have that question or not, or am I the one to make the change? I would just say it's okay to feel bad about something. It's okay to feel negative. What's not okay is to not do anything about it. And, you know, we have to be employee owners. We have to be um, owning, you know, our experience. And if you're waiting for somebody to tell you what that is, most likely it's going to turn out in a way that you're not pleased with. Right. But if we can pioneer that for ourselves, seek opportunities and own, own what comes next, then it becomes really clear that you can be a part of the solution and not the problem. Wow. Um, <laughs> we do show notes and I feel like there's so much gold in what you just packed into the last four or five minutes. Like that whole thing is going to be the show note, right? I mean, just Fantastic. great information, great quotes. <laughs> you, you hit the nail on the head though. Cause we even talk about it in a worker's compensation. When, when people have a worker's compensation claim, don't be a passenger, be a driver. Right. Yep. Speak up when you see something, say something. And if you're unhappy with the way or the direction that something is going, or you don't like a doctor, you don't like a physician, or you don't like a claim adjuster, don't sit there and do nothing. Say something, talk to your HR department, talk to your manager, talk to your insurance agent, talk to your company rep, control your outcome and control your destiny, which I think is what I just heard you say. It takes two yeah. people, it takes one person to start, just start. Exactly. Yeah. I, a perfect example of this, we had a, a client of ours that we were working with and they were just so frustrated all the time, this one particular team. And they were just in this space where they could not move forward. And, and every time we'd meet, I mean, month after month, it was the same story. And, and at one point I just had to stop the conversation and say, I have heard this for the last like four months. What have any of you done to change it? And nobody had anything to say. And I just kind of looked at them and I said, don't you think that's part of the problem? And they were like, oh. And I, I said, you know, I don't want to like say, oh, you guys are all just playing victim here. But that's kind of what this feels like, right? Like you just want somebody else to flip a switch and fix it. But I'm telling you that the company is asking you to do that work, to, you know, say, tell them what's next to, you know, you're the ones who are in it every day. You're the expert you tell us how to fix it. And since that, that conversation, it was really awkward conversation. It was tough one to have. Um, I think a lot of them, you know, at, at first were kind of shocked and almost like, Oh, you know, that kind of, that kind of stung a little bit. Um, but you know, now we're in a place where, gosh, they're driving things forward and they're just 
change in the game. And, you know, we measure different teams and their engagement levels, what's happening there. And they're rising to the top and, you know, surpassing other groups. And I think a big part of that is just the fact that they, they really shifted their mindset around, you know, that ownership, right? It wasn't this us versus them. It was, I own this. I'm going to do something about it. So same company, same employees, different mindset, change through culture and conversation. Totally. Yep. Love it. Absolutely. Love it. So John, I want to be cognizant of our time here. I think we're almost up at an hour. Is there, is there, before I kind of do my thing here, is there anything else you want to talk about today or you want to share with our listeners? Um, yeah, I'd love this conversation. It's been really exciting. Uh, the only thing I would, I would point out, uh, you know, I, we're always, you know, looking to help other people grow and empower that growth for you. So if, if you're a company, a manager, an employee who's looking and saying, you know, I'm out there seeking opportunities to make a difference and, and to change the way you guys work, um, I'm happy to have that conversation. We could have some virtual coffee and, and we could start there. And um, anything I can do to support would be, you know, that's what I love to do. That's, that's my bread and butter is uh, helping empower, empower growth for others. So um, one of the things that we always say is, you know, it's not about doing more work. It's about working differently to accomplish more. And I think, you know, anybody who's asking those questions, I think you're already on the path of figuring out, well, how do we do this differently? Love it. And for website address for them to reach out to you? Yep. Leveragegrowth.com. It would be the best spot for that. So that's leveragegrowth.com. Uh, we also have our, our own podcast, Todd, I'd love to have you on there someday and we'll, we'll exchange, uh, <laughs> exchange experiences. Um, but yeah, check out our, our tools and resources there. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, you can, you know, catch me at leverage growth. Otherwise, uh, yeah, we're always here to talk. All right. And if they want to catch your podcast, yeah, the leading edge podcast, um, it's, it's hosted by leverage and we are the, uh, we're, we're pretty much everywhere that you can find podcasts. Um, we're on Apple podcasts, Spotify anchor. Um, in addition to our website itself, um, is, is embedded there as well. Perfect. So uh, if you want to know more about how to change your business dynamic and focus on culture, free information right on the leading edge podcast. And I listened to a couple of them today. I think the one I was, are you busyness for busy? Um, busyness at work. Yeah. We are busyness in business is what it was. It was, uh, really focused around this idea that, you know, a lot of us wear busyness as a, as a badge of honor, you know, I, well, I should be working my butt off and, um, you know, I should be the one who's staying up late and answering emails. And at the end of the day, like, Honestly, I pride the employee, you know, I'm excited about the employee that is, uh, you know, able to do that more efficiently and not have to work extra hours (laughs) just to do the same amount of work that, you know, you could do in a shorter period of time. If you think about it differently, this sounds crazy, but I, I used to be that guy. You would let your clients and your clients needs dictate your day. And at the end of the day, you're the things that you needed to get done you're doing on your own time or after the five or five o'clock hour because they still need to be done to move and grow the business forward. Right. Yeah. And so, um, I, the Andy Frazella top five, I don't know if you ever listened to his podcast, I um, but now I'm going to check it out now that you said, it. <laughs> dude, so he started, he was the MFCO and then he did 75 hard. And now he's got, uh, Andy Frazella, the real AF. Um, but he just, he runs some multi-billion dollar companies And he said, every day I start out with five things that I need to do. And I don't go home until those five things are done. And I start working on them first thing in the morning. 
And so he talks about carving out time and making sure that you're doing what you need to do to grow your business. And then, you know, either delegating or making sure you're not owning somebody else's monkeys and all that stuff that goes along with it. But top five every day, don't leave till they're done. Yeah. I, I love that. I, um, yeah, in that podcast, I talk a lot about how do we triage and how do we prioritize? My dad always said, uh, prior proper planning prevents pitiful poor performance. And part of that is how do we, how do we build a plan around being busy? Cause I, especially this last year, I think everybody has probably said, Oh, I'm just crazy busy. Right. And how do we, how do we plan for that? How do we prepare ourselves so that next time busy season comes around next time, next week, when it hits again, how can we get through it even better than we did the, the time before? Yeah. Learn every time. All right. So before we wrap up here, I just have three questions that I ask people. Um, and I think I shared these with you. Can you tell me what you're reading right now? Yeah. Great question. Um, well, I'm, I'm part of a book club at, at ClickStop, the, uh, the coaching habit, say less, ask more and change the way you lead forever by Michael Bungay Stainier. Um, so I've been, we've been reading that together. And then another one that I've been doing, um, this was actually, uh, something my sister gave me several years ago, and now I've been kind of busted into it again, was How to Be an Explorer of the World by Carrie Smith. And, um, you know, it's, it's really just about, like, how do we experience our, and explore our world in ways that we haven't always thought about? And some of it's, you know, kind of kiddish and, you know, more geared for uh, kids. But, you know, honestly, there's a lot of, like, really deep thought that can come out of this. And, um, it's been an inspiration for some of the work I've been doing internally and how I help others think about their work differently. Wow. So what, I got to back up here for a second. ClickStop has a book club. Oh yeah. We, we, anybody can run a book club at ClickStop and we pretty much always have at least two happening, uh, at any given month. So this was a team for our customer experience group. And that was the book that we chose. Um, but we've done everything from no drama leadership by Marlene Kism to, uh, success is not an accident. Um, the black swan. I mean, we've done, we do them, I would say every couple of months you see a new opportunity to join a book club and, um, at, on our internal side, leverage has helped to create kind of discussion guides and whatnot that you can follow, but it, it's not to give the answers to any book or anything like that. And a lot of times it's just us preparing and empowering employees to run it on their own. So challenges people to, you know, come up with good, good questions to drive it. And, um, it's, it's been a really successful way of, again, that layered approach of meeting people where they're at. Um, of equipping our employees to be able to drive it for themselves has, has been pretty powerful. So what I hear you say is here's a reason why we're one of the coolest and top places to work side things like this, empowering your employees, helping them pursue what I would, what I, I'm guessing this is on their own time, but here's a company helping promote employee knowledge, promoting what, what did you call it? The, the, the notes, the discussion guide and the discussion yeah. guide. There you go. Yeah. That's super yeah, cool. Yeah. I mean, we, we pride ourselves on being company owners. We just became an ESOP in these last few, few years. And, um, we're still on that journey of, you know, taking full ownership as employees, but at the end of the day, like, it's not just about the, the, you know, retirement accounts or, you know, the fact that we get to put our stamp of approval to say, Hey, Hey, look, we're so cool. We have an ESOP. It's the fact that every one of us is doing and acting like an owner. Right. 
And that's an expectation that we have of ourselves and a high expectation that we, we put on others as well to be able to drive things for themselves. I love it. I say, I love it a lot on this podcast because that's honestly, I hear people doing so many cool things and I'm like, I love that. That's a great idea. I love that. And if you listen to my podcast, you hear me say, I love it quite a bit, but that's a really cool idea. And I love it. (laughs) Me too. I love it too. (laughs) Um, all right. Before we go here, one thing you're spending more money on than you should right now. Oh man. Um, I love camping and I love camping supplies. And, um, unfortunately I haven't been able to go much. Uh, we have a little one at home and, um, we have another one on our, on the way and we, we haven't, thank you. Um, so having my wife, uh, you know, go camping when it's been, you know, hot summers and whatnot, and she's pregnant has been a bit of a challenge, but, um, I love camping supplies and I would, I, my wife tends to say, well, don't we already have that? I go, but here's the new version. (laughs) So is that camping like tent camping or big fancy RV camping? No, we're tent campers. Yeah. We, we, there's no offense to anybody who likes RV camping. As long as you're getting outside, I'm happy, but, um, we are definitely tent campers. Very cool. I don't know that I have it in me to be a tent camper. Um, my wife certainly does not. I would be the glamper in the RV, but kudos to you for just getting out there and enjoying nature, right? For Especially sure. Kids. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was Jim Gaffigan had said, uh, you know, well, we all used to be campers until the house was invented. And it's <laughs> like, well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> That's very true. All right. You get to wrap this up today with one piece of advice that you'd like to leave our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. I, this is actually one of our core values at ClickStop, but I I use it as advice when I'm, you know, we have an internship program at ClickStop. Um, you know, when we have folks come and visit and they they ask similar questions, you know, well, what's one piece that I can, I could take away from this or even new hires. And, um, you know, our, our value is be adventurous, drive and embrace change. And I think, you know, for anybody who's out there, I, I, like I said, I love camping. I love to travel. I love to view things as an exploration or an, an a new adventure. And no matter what it is, a, a big, you know, trip somewhere or just looking at things in a different way, if we approach it in that adventurous mindset, um, it becomes a lot easier to drive and embrace the change that comes with it. Great, great, great advice. Well, listeners, I think you heard a lot of stuff here today. Uh, if you want to change your organization, you need help. Leverage can help you do it. If you're just figuring out where to get started, go back and listen to this again. There's so many notes and so many great ideas, um, book clubs, engagement, culture calibrations, so many things you can do to change the path that your company is on and change the trajectory to end up where you want to be. And if your business is running you today and things aren't going the right way, this is a great place to start to change where you want to go and how, where you're going to end up. So I want to thank you so much for stopping by John. Thank you again for joining us and sharing your knowledge. It's been absolutely fantastic to get to know you. And I appreciate being on the podcast today. Thanks very much, Todd. It's been a pleasure and I look forward to keeping in touch and this was a lot of fun. So thanks for inviting me. Thanks so much. Have a great day.